0: hello and welcome back to another conservative historian podcast this one entitled they blinded me with science the date july 2021 and my name bell avis quote the president shares the co-sponsor's commitment to making a bold investment in American innovation, including large increases in funding at the National Science Foundation to support both R&D and commercialization, and new funding to support regional economic development so what is discovered in America can be made in America. Unquote. Jennifer Renee Saki, White House Press Secretary, Biden administration. Quote, Climate change does not stop at the border of a reservation or a state or a country. Unquote. Ilan Omar, House Representative from Minnesota. And quote, It's true, science was my first passion. Unquote. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, House Representative from New York State. And quote, all my tubes and wires and careful notes and antiquated notions. But it's poetry in motion. And when she turned her eyes to me as deep as any ocean, as sweet as any harmony, ugh, but she blinded me with science. Unquote. Thomas Dolby, bizarro songwriter from the 1980s. In a recent tweet by esteemed astrophysicist turned woke activist Neil deGrasse Tyson, the scientist stated, quote, If space aliens ever abducted me, the first thing I'd ask is whether they came from a planet where fellow aliens also deny science. Unquote. So, Just wondering, uh, a question for uh, Degrassi Tyson, just wondering if these aliens also, one, denied science such as the efficiency of vaccines to pass mass of spending bills. Two, denied science to keep their alien schools closed because alien educators are paramount and run the entire system. And three, denied science on the origin of viruses. What was the origin of that alien virus? Did it occur in some alien creature or species? Or did some alien lab emanate it? These questions are unanswered, and unfortunately, Degrassi Tyson failed to tweet about that. But yes, when those aliens take you, please ask away, Mr. Degrassi Tyson. Let me say that as an aside. I think the movie Contact probably got closest to an actual alien meet-and-greet, with movies such as Arrival and Close Encounters of the Third Kind coming close on the list. But if we think about it as a spectrum, in the middle of that alien contact spectrum would be the alien movies you know, horrific uh, species attacking humans at random because kind of that's what they do. And towards the other side, Independence Day and anything thought up by Michael Bay would be on the other side of the spectrum away from contact. And as for Tyson engaging in this kind of hyperbole, I always find it interesting when a person esteemed in one genre decides to use that platform for what is essentially political speechifying. But unfortunately... It is a one-way street. I used to love Degrassi Tyson and esteemed him as the new Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan was one of my heroes back in the 1980s. I thought he was just about the coolest thing I'd ever seen. But now Degrassi Tyson seems like one of a thousand leftists, activist hacks, trying to say controversial things to drive clicks and followers. And those people are a dime a dozen on Twitter. Degrassi Tyson was once the one astrophysicist floating above the fray, and now he is sunk in the sewage and the mire of Twitter political discourse. The same could be said, though, of John Legend, Seth Rogen, or, unfortunately, even J.D. Vance. That latter is thinking about running for the Senate in Ohio. As the writer J.D. Vance, he was unique. For many, the only voice of an entire American region and peoples left behind by the Information Age. Now, he's just another political mouthpiece desiring to be one of a hundred other people. And now that I've done that little tangent, let's get back to the science. It was one thing when history is the plaything of ideologues. History is not necessarily Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon, where each character has a different perspective on a murder, including the victim. In the case of history, we would hope to agree on a particular set of facts. A group of founders could be slave owners and create a beacon of liberty at the same time. In the late 1800s, the nation could create the underpinnings of the greatest era of prosperity in the history of humanity and contain Jim Crow racism and terrible working conditions in certain industrial businesses. And you can create lighting in cities and still have tin shacks in the country all at the same time. These are facts that can unite a historical narrative. It's all part of the fabric of our nation's history. And We would hope it would be agreed upon set of facts, but if a historian chooses to focus on one set of facts, the way let's say Upton Sinclair did in the jungle, or Ida Tarbell did in her coverage of Standard Oil, one can come away with a picture, albeit incomplete, of America. In many regards, science is the same. However, in 2021, we see two tracks in the discourse on science. On the one hand, we have the concept of science, especially related to the response to COVID 19, as the primary center of public policy. And on the other hand, when these concepts are questioned and inconsistencies pointed out, or people act contrary to the prevailing scientific dogma, the person making the objections is dismissed as a denier of science itself. Um, why are these same people claiming conservatives are science deniers are the same folks who are math deniers? As in an ever-expanding entitlement state, the state itself has to be paid for. But they deny that deficits can go on forever without a terrible reckoning. Deficits are math as well. And of course, this is also financial policy. There are advocates of a more outstanding taxes on the rich, though never nearly enough to close the deficit. But the concept of a deficit itself is dismissed by both sides, but mainly on the left. And now, math itself is under siege. Writing in May 2021, Williamson Evers notes, quote, A proposed mathematics curriculum framework, which would guide K-12 through instruction in the Golden State's public schools, is approved by California's Instructional Quality Commission in meetings this week and in August and ratified by the State Board of Education later this year. The framework recommends eight times that teachers use a troubling document. And the name of this document? A Pathway to Equitable Math Instruction, Dismantling Racism in Mathematics Instruction. Unquote. What? This manual claims that teachers are addressing students' mistakes forthrightly as a form of white supremacy. I thought this was math we were talking about. It sets forth indicators of white supremacy culture in the mathematics classroom, including a focus on getting the right answer, teachers teaching math in a linear fashion, requiring students to show their work and grading them on demonstrated knowledge of the subject matter. The concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false, the manual explains, upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuates objectivity. Unquote. Seriously? So there's objectivity. So again, two plus two does not equal four? Four times four does not equal sixteen. Why, those are those are objectivity according to this particular manual. Apparently, even questioning that is also racist. It is one thing to deny the math inherent in depth and deficits, because again, That is is what we're talking about, financial policy. And you have different uh, economists thinking different things. But it's quite another to attack the concept of math itself. And this theory would posit that the likes of Euclid, Archimedes, or Pythagoras were racist? In history, as noted, we have fixed touch points. The Code of Hammurabi, which was the first time the concept of law was put above any individual, even the ruler, came out of Mesopotamia in the 2nd millennium BCE. Islam was founded in the early 600 CE. Magna Carta was signed in 1215, and our Constitution, 1787. These touchstones and the meaning behind them are centuries, millennia old. The interpretations of these events may change, but they are embedded. And science has certain touchstones as well. The earth orbits the sun. Gravity is a thing. Bacteria and viruses kill people. The earth is billions of years old, and we cannot breathe in space. There is scientific discovery behind them all, because at one point there was differentiated thinking, but these things have been fixed, they have been proven, and they can serve as those touchstones. But even with those, much of science is not a fixed thing, but evolves with each additional discovery. For example, Einstein believed that, quote, God does not play with dice. Unquote. Yet, quantum mechanics introduces the concept of randomness, and it was this randomness that he rejected. Quote, All science is either practical, poetical, or theoretical. Unquote. Aristotle. One of the concepts for modern minds to absorb is that until very recently, scientific minds did not conceive of themselves, well, as scientists. Aristotle, Galileo, or Isaac Newton would self-identify more as philosophers rather than our scientists of today, where there is a clear delineation. And in fact, on college campuses, they're often housed in two different colleges. As philosophers... They were open to new interpretations as long as the observations themselves were grounded in some fashion. Joe Schwartz, writing in McGill's, talks about one of the most outstanding scientists of them all, who, as we will later see in this podcast, got a lot of his science wrong. Quote, What amazing man Aristotle was. He lived in the 3rd century BCE, yet he was so influential that his ideas dominated Western scientific thought for almost 2,000 years. Especially remarkable in light of the fact that most of his notions about the workings of the world were completely wrong. But in spite of this, Aristotle is widely regarded as the first real scientist. Why? Above all, Aristotle was an incredibly curious man. He wanted to find out everything that could be known about the natural world. Through wonder, philosophy begins, he wrote, and thereby dedicated himself to unraveling the mysteries of life. This quest was by no means a new idea, certainly not in the Greek world. Others before had certainly been mystified by the workings of the world, but they mostly subscribed to the philosophy of thinkers like Socrates, who believed that the fundamental nature of the world could be discerned by mental reflection alone. Note the word curious. Not certain, not dogmatic, not concerned with denial of this or that. Within that word lies the concept of continual discovery. Identify the fixed points and then keep on learning. And just in the past year, scientific discovery has written and then rewritten several paradigms. For one, COVID affects all people. No, what we know today means it affects the elderly disproportionately and has little effect on those under 18 who do not present preconditions. In February of 2020, wearing masks was not necessary. Then by April of 2020, two months later, they were incredibly important. One needs to wear masks outdoors but there is very little evidence of outdoor transmission over six feet. COVID emanated from a wet market, probably a bad bat. Each discovery that is currently going on right now posits the theory that it was in fact built in a Chinese lab and escaped. And it is to this last we see science morph from a concept of continual discovery to one where, as with history, facts are selected to fit preset narratives. The lack of accusation of the Chinese government's involvement has much more to do with concerns about said government's reaction than with science. In this case, the wet market theory where scientists were cherry-picking specific facts emanation from a bat species fit a narrative that serves a political desire, appeasement of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, one of the favorite scientists of the left is Galileo, and for several reasons. First, he fought so-called science deniers, and two, the deniers were part of the Catholic Church, no prize leftist institution despite all of the work currently going on by Peronist Pope Francis. Born in 1564 in Pisa, Italy, into an intellectual family of declining fortune, Galileo pursued medicine at the University of Pisa, but he soon abandoned his course of study to go and look at mathematics, his enduring passion. The university, family's famously wrote, is written in the language of mathematics really kind of interesting uh, putting Galileo, who's often that prize figure of the left, up against that manual we had saw that the California Board of Education is trying to promote. It was an Argo that allowed him to break reliance on the Aristotelian cosmology prized by the Catholic Church, and he forged a new quantitative, quantitative study of nature. As Nature magazine notes, quote, In 1632, Galileo published his book, Dialogue Concerning the the Two Chief World Systems, and this consisted of an imaginary debate between Salviati, an advocate of heliocentrism, and the witless geocentrism named Simplicio. (laughs) I love that, Simplicio, that's great. And obviously Simplicio, he advocated the Pope's view that God's universe is inherently unknowable and put into the mouth of the fool. Galileo's fame and fortune rose, but so did the power and determination of his enemies, and the Holy Inquisition finally claimed him, Now, Nature Magazine has skinned in this game as well-wishing to, quote, put scientific authority back in charge, unquote, as a one-story headline proclaimed. But one of the reasons that current leftists love the Galileo story is that it is so easy. We have now known for 400 years That Galileo was right. That the earth is not the center of the universe. The church was wrong. And not just wrong on the facts. Not just wrong because their science was bad. The church wanted the earth to be the center of the universe. And hence, they willed it to be. And anybody who disagreed with that, any science denier as Galileo would have been to the Catholic church, was immediately disposed of. And yet today... In the light of all the changes and new understandings of COVID-19, who exactly in our scenario of today is Galileo and who is the church? Who is the one who wants to keep that preset narrative in place because it is politically expedient to do so? Stanford University noted of Isaac Newton, considered to be one of the greatest scientific minds in history, quote, Indeed, Newton is remarkable for the fact that his work as a theoretician is matched by his work as an experimentalist. Either aspect of his oeuvre would be sufficient to secure his place in the history of modern science, unquote. And remember the concept of Newton as philosopher? Remember, that is basically how Isaac Newton thought of himself quote of course newton's influence on the development of philosophy did not end with the close of the 18th century most obviously the concepts of absolute space and absolute motion continued to play fundamental roles in philosophical theorizing about space and motion more generally for the next two centuries and they remain fundamental to discussions today Newton has also had a deep and lasting influence on numerous other topics in what we now call the philosophy of science, including the status of our knowledge of natural phenomena, the best ideas about scientific methodology, and the status of the laws of nature, and so on, The concept of scientific methodology is one of those areas I believe we are sorely lacking today because uh, like so many other institutions, such as philanthropies, the academy, and as noted, history writing itself, has become servants to the narrative. Science clearly shows that a massive part of CO2 emissions emanates from China, Japan, and India. And, according to climate science, as is currently promulgated by those meteorological and climatology PhDs like Greta Thunberg and AOC, the U.S. could achieve zero CO2 emissions, and it wouldn't make any difference. We are all still doomed because Asia will not get in line. And uh, of course, Thunberg has not gone to Beijing, or at least near as I can tell. But like the Wuhan virus lab COVID creation theory, it is not politically expedient, and it is really hard to get China to do what is not currently In their self-interest. If climate change is a mortal threat, as quote science unquote claims, then our survival lies with the deniers in Beijing far more than those in Tallahassee or Austin. The science would show that a massive amount of CO2 emanations begins in Asia, not necessarily the United States. And that if we fixed everything within the United States, we still would not make a difference That is what the science tells us. And yet, that is is not the policies being formulated based on the, quote, climate science, unquote, that is promulgated. Then, there is another kind of science. And this one, frankly, is, is a very difficult topic for me. And it is the biology, the science of the biology of childbirth. Gary Wills, writing for the New York Times, goes through Simone Biles-type gymnastics to support his pro-abortion, and that of the majority of the Times' readership, position on this divisive subject. Quote, Even major figures of religious history do not tell us that a fetus is a person. St. Augustine says he searched scripture, trying but failed to find out when personal life begins in the procreative process. But St. Thomas Aquinas knew, Aristotle told him, that it came at or near childbirth after an earlier stage of having a nutritive soul, like plant life, which developed into an animal soul, at last receiving a rational soul. So let me get this straight. A major contributor to the paper of record, one of the three largest newspapers in the United States, and his readership, obviously the times would all be believers in science, no deniers there, to justify the elimination of a fetus based on the opinions of a 5th century Roman and a 3rd century BCE Greek. As noted by Schwartz and about a thousand others, Aristotle was a brilliant guy, but he also believed that the heavens rotated around the earth, some animals came from mud, men's blood is hotter than women's, and that... Okay, here's the final one. Aristotle believed that slavery was a natural part of humanity. And that last one, that last one probably does not quite align with the ethos of the New York Times reader and hopefully not Wills, nor any sane human in 2021 for that matter. But the same man who believed in slavery is cherry-picked for a pro-choice, anti-life belief? As for St. Augustine, exciting choice given that he firmly believed sex was not recreational but strictly for conception but see i can cherry pick as well though to paint saint augustine as some form of protean pro-choice or as boldness bordering on falsity will should stick to the stronger argument for a libertarian of which i have many leanings towards that direction that what a woman chooses to do with her own body is her choice when they veer into using science to disavow life, it is to ignore inconvenient facts, such as an ultrasound image of a human being. And of course, the machine itself is a product of scientific and technological discovery. As the estimable Kevin Williams writes, quote, An unborn child is one, individual, two, living, three, human, four, organism, not a part of another organism it is an individual in the sense of being biologically distinct from its parents living in the same sense of being composed of tissue that is living rather than tissue that is dead human as opposed to a rutabaga or salamander and an organism as opposed to a pile of toenail clippings a tumor or a pint of donated blood these are not interpretations of religious revelations this is science, just not the kind perpetuated by either the op colonists of the time or, unfortunately, the Catholic President of the United States. Unquote. As consistent readers of this podcast know, I may be wrong on occasion, but I am seldom in doubt. Unfortunately, the concept of abortion and the public policy therein fills me with all kinds of doubt. As a conservative who believes in individual agency, abortion is always a challenge. I would not say I like the state having the ability to dictate a pregnant woman's decisions and in many cases support the use of contraceptives. But, and this is the but, I do not deny that it is a baby in that womb, a human baby, because that is the science. Now, does Joe Biden advocate science as a Typical leftist dodge from a clear argument over policy. I have noted in previous podcasts how policy arguments with the left often devolve into charges of misogyny or racism. Similarly, opposition to certain policy goes into the abyss of science denial. Here are two scientific facts. Past a certain point in our lives, usually between the ages of 18 and 30, our bodies begin to deteriorate. This is why few professional athletes past the age of 40, Tom Brady of course, he's the exception in everything, are exceptional. The nagging realization that most groundbreaking scientific discoveries in great music also predates the age of 40 is one of these discoveries. Another theory about Biden is is that he does not simply fully grasp what some of the science means at this point in his life. I have advocated in a different podcast about Biden that somebody go to YouTube and check out his 2012 debate with Paul Ryan. You will see, if you you haven't seen that video or haven't checked out Joe Biden in like 10 years, you will see a very different Joe Biden than the one who is currently president today in 2021. Anthony Fauci has studied infectious diseases for the better part of 60 years, and he got stuff wrong some because he was dictating policy and some because he was simply incorrect because the scientific process had not been sufficiently worked out. Nevertheless, Fauci's experience was important and he should have been granted a seat at the table. The issue was, for way too long during the pandemic, he was the only person at the table. This is a man who has spent his entire working life in a bureaucratic governmental institute, and it would not be surprising that he would do everything he could to protect the institute, a Pawnee, which happened to be the head of for 30 years, even when he got things wrong. And as a 79-year-old man, he may not possess, like the president, the flexibility of mind to be the primary spokesperson on COVID. And this is not an ageist thing, Fauci should have been a course, but instead he was the entire COVID-19 meal. An administration needs to have some degree of certitude in times of crisis. We won't deny that. Ask Jimmy Carter about the alternative. But what we got in 2020 was worse. The confidence and certitude that was proven wrong. It is better to take a three-pronged approach. Lay out the facts as we know them today. Then be cl- clear about what we do not know, but need to find out. And then finally, what are we doing to figure it out? That is called scientific discovery. And in April, without scientific discovery, the CDC, at the behest of the FDA, suspended the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for 10 days, despite the one fact that was known, was that out of a millions of shots... Only six individuals showed blood clots. The vaccine numbers have never fully recovered. And it was not science that brought on the panic. Frankly, it was ass covering. Now millions who would have gotten the vaccine are wary. There is no scientific reason today to be concerned about the vaccines, but after watching the powers that be, the very scientific institutions upon which we are supposed to rely become science deniers in their own right, people have acted accordingly. By making science into just another political arena, the institutions have been marred, hopefully not irredeemably. As much as anyone can interpret Thomas Dolby, it is my belief that the point of his song was that despite all of his desire to be governed by reason, by science, the chemistry between him and the woman he describes is blurring, his scientific mind, his reason-thinking. But it is not just love, or lust, that can blind us. It can be ambition, stubbornness, acquisition of power, or simple pride that drives out the scientific method in looking at public policy science should be a critical factor in decision making it just should never be used in and of itself to blind the american people i hope you have enjoyed this latest podcast from the conservative historian check out all of our other podcasts on our buzzsprout site you can find us on iheart radio apple Podcasts, even spotify Take a look. Thank you for listening.